Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We all know the air pollution problem in Utah is bad. On occasion, some Utah cities have topped the EPA's worst air quality list in previous years and this winter, no exception. Uh, we have heard of some people trying to move away from some of these areas, get away from the air pollution. And uh, reports of uh, pollution spreading in unprecedented levels to central Utah. Of course, uh, this is uh, causing some frustration. We've had protests at the Capitol. And on this program, we've highlighted uh, at least one contest to come up with ideas. And uh, one subject that's come up uh, several times during uh, previous programs on Access Utah is what is the role of government. In fact, there's been some discussion on the program about how do we bypass government. Some people are frustrated with the lack of what they see as effective action on this with uh, state and uh, local governments. And many of you are asking, uh, isn't, why isn't more being done? Well, today we're going to give you the chance to express your concerns directly to legislators and government officials. And the first half of the program here, we're going to talk with uh, Senator Patrice Ehrlitz, a Democrat from Salt Lake City, Representative Ed Redd, Republican from Logan, and Bryce Byrd, Director of Utah Division of Air Quality. Second half will feature Logan City Councilman Herm Olson and Cache County Councilman Val Potter. So we bring in uh, Senator Arendt. Uh, welcome back to the program. Thank you. It's actually Representative Arendt. Uh, it's Representative Arendt. Me... Yes. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, Representative Ed Redd, uh, Republican from Logan, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. And Bryce Bird, Director of Utah Division of Air Quality. Thank you. Uh, good morning, Tom. Let's start with uh, Representative Arendt, uh, since I, I believe you have to, to leave us uh, here shortly, about a quarter past. Um, I know that uh, Democrats, the legislature, have uh, proposed a series of bills. Maybe you could uh, take out a few of the most important that uh, you consider the most important of those bills. Thank you. I'd be happy to talk about this. And this isn't the first year that we've talked about air quality as a Democratic caucus. In fact, last year I proposed an air quality task force, which was actually merged into the Economic Development Task Force. The idea behind that is we need good information. We need to know what state government is doing, what the private sector is doing, and what we can do better. But that report isn't going to be uh, finalized until later this year, and we need to actually move ahead with some of these steps. Uh, I've got a bill that says, look, our state government's one of the major employers in our state. We need to lead the way. And so every agency, whether it's the legislature, the judiciary, the education, needs to have a plan on how they are going to improve air quality. Now, those plans can't all be the same. I understand what works for the judiciary may not work for public education, but it needs to involve much more carpooling, uh, telecommuting when people do not need to be driving during the bad air days, um, a variety of different things, teleconferencing, changing our our fleets, less idling, lots of, diff of different proposals. We are also looking at at tax incentives to try and get more people on mass transit, trying to use some of the funding that we've already got to move towards that. Um, we're looking at making sure we use the best available technology to scrub all the emissions from the air. And, and let me say that this is not just an issue in Logan, Salt Lake, and Provo. It's also an issue in other parts of our state, like the Uinta Basin, as uh, described on the front uh, page of the local section of today's Tribune. So we have a variety of proposals from tax incentives to ways to get pe more people on mass transit, to make sure that industry is involved, to make sure our major employers are involved, but we're one piece of it. The legislature can pass legislation, we can provide tax incentives, but there's definitely a role here for the private sector. Uh, also, our Division of Air Quality has been working very hard on plans to comply with EPA regulations. 
one of the things we're also talking about is making sure that Utah can do what we need to do. We have um, a law in the books now that says our laws can't be any stricter than the federal government. You know, we have our unique issues. Uh, we have geography to deal with. We have weather to deal with. We may have some situations where we need to pass different regulations, and I want to make sure that we have that flexibility here. The federal government should not just be dictating what we're doing. Representative Arendt, a follow-up question. Uh, I think in the previous discussions here on this program, uh, consensus uh, has built around the idea uh, that whether or not government is involved, and I think people agree that the government's going to have to be involved in some form, uh, that it's behavior modification that, that really needs to, to happen. I wonder if you agree with that and where the role of government should be. Absolutely. A lot of what we're talking about is behavior modification. It's getting more people to, to go on mass transit and not just on red air days. That doesn't work to just do that on one day alone. So we're looking at behavior modification. We're looking at behavior modification for our state employees. We're looking at behavior modification in the private sector. We're looking at, through the Division of Air Quality, regulations where their uh, industries are going to have to change their behavior. You are absolutely right. And you, you made reference to this. I just want to follow up before we have to let you go. Um, and you, you made reference to this, uh, the, this news article from the UNA Basin. There's a press conference with government officials. It seemed like the, at least the subtext there is they're trying to head off EPA regulation, federal regulation. I wonder, I'm sure some of our listeners would say, why aren't we running headlong into the embrace of the EPA, uh, seeing that as the most effective way to, to change the behavior? Well, I want to make sure we change behavior to clean up the air, no matter how that happens. I mean, it's important. And if, if they can clean up their air and not have to deal with EPA regulations, that's, that's great. But we need to make sure that we've got better air. This is a serious problem. It's not just a serious problem dealing with our health, which we all know it is, but it it's a big economic development issue. Um, in January, I flew in during the worst of the inversion with a number of tourists going to the outdoor retailers meeting and to Sundance, and they were just disgusted. And they said, ooh, I'm not sure I want to be here. We, we are a beautiful state. Many of us live here because of a gorgeous environment. We don't have bad air all year round, but for those days that we do have bad air, we need to do what we can to clean it up. Well, I know uh, you have to get going, uh, uh, Representative. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Thank you for having a show on this very important topic. Representative Patrice Arendt, a Democrat from uh, Salt Lake City, thank you. Uh, we turn to Representative Ed Red, Republican from uh, Logan, and uh, people in the Cache Valley already know him uh, as a medical doctor as well, the uh, Bear River Health Department. I, I don't know if you're still with the Health Department, Dr. Red. Uh, I do some contract work with the health department, but I'm independently, you know, I'm an independent contractor at this point in time. So I want to uh, start off with you, and we'll get to uh, maybe follow up with uh, some things that Representative Aaron said, uh, uh, putting on your medical doctor hat. Uh, some of the health effects, and I don't know whether you agree with uh, the this group of doctors. I'm sure you're familiar with them, uh, Utah Physicians for Healthy Environment. They're urging the governor to declare a public health emergency on this issue. Does it rise to that level, do you think? Well, Public health emergencies uh, need to be used. I mean, when we have a public health emergency, we need to make sure that we have everybody on board with us, uh, especially when it when it really is an emergency. Uh, air quality, when it's poor, is certainly a problem, and people need to be educated about, uh, you know, the health effects of being exposed to air quality. That's you know, high levels of particular matter, you know, you know, particular matter especially. So I think. Uh, you know what people should do during times when the air quality is bad is avoid prolonged outdoor exertion. Uh, when people exercise or they're out running or jogging, and, and when the PM levels are high, they get like a ten times bigger dose 
of particulates than they would if they were sitting quietly in their car or sitting in a chair, for example. Not that they're going to sit outside on a chair, but so there's two issues. Number one, avoid outdoor exertion. Number two, uh, stay indoors if you can. Uh, uh, in Cache County, the particulate problem we have is mostly ammonium nitrate, and in warm temperatures, it, it sublimates back to its you know origin of nitric acid and ammonia. And uh, and the particular basically inside homes is is quite a bit lower than it is outdoors. And, and uh, you know, pr Professor Randy Martin at the Utah State University has done numerous uh, studies on this and has shown that indoor air, at least in Cache County and in our schools and in our homes and different places like that, uh, are, is it has lower particulate levels indoors because the actual PM 2.5 in warm air actually goes away. And that's kind of that's why we don't have such a huge problem with this during the summertime, and that is why we have such a big problem with it during the wintertime. We have the inversions. We have very cold temperatures. And, and that drives the, the chemical formation of this particulate in our air. So, uh, you know, my my recommendation is is don't go outside and exercise in it uh, when it, when levels are high, or if you do, avoid prolonged exertion. And number two, uh, stay indoors as much as you can. And and that's 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 the message we can do right now. Um, as far as uh, declaring an emergency. Uh, you know, we need to be careful how we use that term because when there really is an emergency, if we've if we've used it too much, it's kind of like crying wolf and and saying that uh, you know, you know, if we if we if we need to be careful how we use that term. I think so. So my thoughts are: is people need to educate themselves about what they can do to protect themselves during these events, uh, and and, uh, and and avoid prolonged outdoor exertion and stay indoors when possible. We're talking with uh, Representative uh, Ed Red, Republican from Logan, and we'll be bringing in Bryce Byrd, Director of Utah Division of Air Quality. In the second half of the program, Herm Olson from the Logan City Council and Val Potter from Cache County Council. And uh, you're encouraged to uh, join the program at 1-800-826-1495. 1-800-826-1495 is the number. You can also join us at our email at upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. The specific question for today's program, we know there's a problem. Uh, all you have to do is, uh, you know, drive out of the valleys and come back in uh, or, you know, just go outside and breathe the air. Um, but uh, what is the role of government in this behavior modification that we all uh, believe needs to uh, to change? Well, and what should that what should that form take? Uh, go ahead, Dr. Red. You know, yeah, so a couple of things. I think um, I think two things we need to understand. There's, um, we're all part of this problem. We all contribute to this just by living our lives, whether we, uh, you know, going to school, raising our children, uh, heating our homes, taking baths, driving our cars. You know, we're all part of this. And so we all need to understand that we all have a role in, in helping improve the air quality. It's, it's a pretty big, uh, uh, daunting task to to uh, to to say you know we're going to have perfect clean air during a, a temperature inversion in Cache Valley or Salt Lake Valley or Utah Valley or along the Wasatch Front and so I think the important thing is 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 do we need to do what, things that we can do to try and reduce our personal contribution to the problem uh, and sometimes people spend a lot of time pointing fingers at each other I think the important thing is is to understand we we can all help we all need to be part of the solution uh, you know I, I think you know a lot of the things that Representative Aaron uh, talked about are, are really appropriate. Uh, carpooling, uh, you know, less idling, uh, avoiding, you know, you know, using your car if you can at all during, during these 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 uh, inversion days. Some people can maybe telecommute. And, and work at home on their computers that a lot of people can't. A lot of people in my district uh, work very hard at uh, lower-paying jobs where they have to go to a factory and do their work, and they can't just say, well, we're going to shut down the factory 
and nobody's going to go to work. But they, you know, you can, you know, we could, you know, sponsor, encourage employers and private partners to to encourage a trip, you know, uh, or, or you know, carpooling and that sort of thing. Uh, when people do go to work, and sometimes that already happens because of the cost of fuel, and people already say, "Hey, I don't want to spend as much money on gasoline. I'm going to join up with my friend here at work, and we're going to carpool." So that already happens to some extent, even when the inversions aren't there. But I think the important thing to do is everybody needs to be part of the solution. Uh, and, and, and this is not a simple problem. This is not a. There's, this is not like there's one silver bullet that's going to fix the whole thing. And it's a lot of very small things. I think it's important also to uh, give credit to the EPA. A lot of people want to badmouth EPA and, and, and say how horrible the EPA is. Well, honestly, the, if the EPA hadn't intervened back in the 70s and the 80s and 90s by by mandating improved emissions technologies on cars and trucks, we would have a much, much bigger problem than we have right now. And, I, and people need to acknowledge that. Cars that are manufactured right now and diesel trucks that are manufactured right now are, are as, as much as you know 90% cleaner uh, than they were even just 10 years ago. And I think that's just amazing. The technology, if there's one thing that's helping clean up our air some, it's the, it's the technology that's, uh, that's installed on newer vehicles being manufactured right now. And as time goes on, those newer vehicles will be replacing older vehicles, which were inherently dirtier from the time they came off the assembly line. They were dirty compared to the new vehicles. And so as time goes on, this is going to result in an improvement in our air quality. Uh, on, these, on the flip side of that, uh, we, we drive a lot. And uh, we drive a lot because of how our communities are constructed and where our jobs are and, and where we choose to live and all that sort of thing. And and so as our vehicle miles travel goes up, it may counteract the beneficial effect that the uh, emission control devices are having. So emission control devices on vehicles are really helping clean up the air. Our increased use of cars, increased vehicle miles traveled, increased growth is going to take, you know, going to have a, the opposite effect. So I think we have to sort of balance those two as we go forward. I wonder. Let me just follow up with um, with question I, I asked uh, Representative Arendt as well. Uh, so, for example, uh, in the Uinta Basin, we just had a press conference yesterday with uh, government officials there, and it, it seemed like what they're trying to do is head off EPA increased EPA regulations. Do you think they ought to be heading the, in the opposite direction in inviting more EPA regulations to as an effective measure? Well, I think I think you have to look at the individual airsheds and find out, you know, what, you know, and, and understand the chemistry that's going on. Our airshed in Cache Valley, for example, is, is, is somewhat different than the one in Salt Lake Valley because of different uh, source pollutants and different temperatures and things like that. So you have to kind of look at each airshed and, and make a decision about what's going to be effective in, re, in, in improving air quality. Uh, you know, the EPA, uh, in, in the end, is, in my mind, gives us gives us good science, at least as far as as, as understanding what what kinds of things might help improve the air quality and and the state has to come up with a with a plan on how to do that that has to be approved by the EPA the EPA does not come in and say you have to do it this way they say you know here's a list of strategies that we've that we've shown with prior experiences and prior airsheds that work you guys pick those strategies and show us with modeling that it's going to clean up your air quality to to you know the NAAQS standards and uh, so that's kind of what happened in Cache County, and that's what we're going through right now in Cache County is trying to do that. And I think, you know, air, air quality, when, when air quality is poor, people's health is adversely affected, and, and people need to understand that. This is not just an aesthetic issue. This is not just, you know, smog, looking at smog. This is a problem with people's health. This causes premature heart attacks, premature strokes. Uh, you know, it can cause uh, problems with lung growth and development in children uh, and lots of other health effects. So we don't want to... You, just, you don't want to ignore that 
that that things that that costs money too. It costs money for people to be sick, uh, you know, let alone the the, the quality of life issues. So so you know, altogether, it's an important thing that we continue to work on cleaning up the air and 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 taking steps in the right direction to do that. And again, uh, the one thing that's going that's helped us a lot more than anything else we've done here locally is the fact that over the last 20 years, EPA has, has really cleaned up our fleets and by, by mandating uh, emissions uh, control devices on semi-trucks and pickup trucks and cars all across the, you know, the line. I mean, the, the, the vehicles being manufactured there are incredibly much more cleaner than they were even just 10 years ago. We've been uh, talking with uh, Representative Ed Red, uh, Republican uh, from Logan, uh, and I believe, Representative, you have to go pretty soon here, um, so we'll let you go here. Um, and uh, we'll take a brief break, and we'll be back with uh, Bryce Byrd, Director of Utah Division of, uh, of Air Quality. Uh, any, uh, any bills or any um, initiatives on the Republican side you'd like to highlight, Representative Red, before you go? Well, you know, I, think, you know, I think the important thing to do here is I, I'm not... I, I've been kind of involved with Health and Human Services, and I've been a, in fact, I just came out of a meeting with social services. And let me tell you, there's a lot of stuff going on down here in, in the capital. Air quality is one of the things that people are talking about, but there's a lot of other issues on the on the table, and 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 uh, you know the whole. Uh, fiscal cliff, sequestration uh, problem, and trying to figure out what kind of federal dollars are coming towards the state, and Medicaid expansion questions, all this stuff is going on right now. So uh, I, I haven't personally sponsored any bills except the, the one that's uh, going to give uh, counties uh, and jurisdictions uh, some, some latitude on, on working with the Division of Air Quality to come up with a plan that works for their particular airship. And I think this is a good piece of legislation because it doesn't mandate a specific uh, type of uh, mission, uh, you know, inspection uh, program. As much as it says, okay, you work with the Division of Air Quality and come up with a plan that will that will that based on modeling will improve your air quality and bring it into compliance with the NAQS standards. And that, I think that's that, that that is a good bill. I think. Uh, I guess I'm a little biased, but I think it really helps. Uh, you know, it gives counties like you, you know, the Uinta Basin area, Cache County. We all have somewhat different uh, sources of our pollution problems and somewhat different solutions, and so it gives us some latitude to implement things that make sense for what we're doing locally. And that's that's the one I'm focused on right now. All right, Representative Red, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. I know you have to get back to committee meeting. Uh, thank, thank you very you. much. Uh, and Bryce Bird, uh, we appreciate you being uh, patient. We'll uh, we'll get to you and uh, get perspective from state government. Bryce Bird is the uh, director of the Division of Air Quality. Of course, very apropos to this discussion, uh, we'll be uh, talking with Bryce Bird uh, following the break. You have an opportunity to address Mr. Bird, also Herm Olson from the Logan City Council later in the program, and Cash County Councilman Val Potter. And we're focusing on what should the role of government be, why isn't more being done on the government level, and what should be done? What would you urge your legislators and government officials to do? The number to uh, get to these officials is 1-800-826-1495, or you can email us at upraxis at gmail.com. Air quality, our topic, back after this break. Support for Access Utah comes from the Utah Humanities Council, enriching cultural, intellectual, and civic life by providing opportunities for all Utahns to explore life's most engaging questions and the wonders of the human experience. Support for legislative programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our listeners and the USU Credit Union, serving members with online bill payer, web teller services, and mobile banking for around-the-clock account access. Information is at usuccu.org. 
Support also comes from your local office of AARP Utah, a nonpartisan organization helping people 50 and over improve their lives through its advocacy for health care reform, social security, and consumer protection in Utah. Information is at aarp.org ut. Support for Utah Public Radio is also provided by the Cache Valley Center for the Arts, celebrating 20 years this season with the returning the return of 12 men's voices of Chanticleer. This Thursday and Friday at 7.30, information is at ellenecclestheater.org. The air pollution problem is bad. It seems to be increasing, not only in uh, intensity but in scope. And uh, there have been protests at the state capitol directed at uh, Governor Herbert. Uh, Also, there's at least one contest to try to come up with some ideas, and we'll be giving reports on uh, Professor Lowndes' contest as well. We've had several programs on air quality issue. This one is uh, directed at uh, state officials and uh, local officials, and we bring in Bryce Bird, who is uh, director of Utah State uh, Division of Air Quality. Thank you, Mr. Bird. Good morning. And appreciate you being patient as we uh, talk to the two representatives there. Uh, my first question to you, uh, there seems to be some disagreement, at least you, you read things and there's an argument about it, uh, as to what are the biggest causes of our air pollution problem. Is, is, is that settled? The study's been done. What, what, are, what are the top polluters? I think that that uh, kind of lends to the discussion of what is the role of government. I think that, that first is providing the correct information. Uh, when we look at our air quality situation, you know, we, we look at what we measure on the filters, so what's collected uh, over a 24-hour sample, and we're able to analyze the components of, of that filter. And then from that, we uh, kind of follow the, the science behind that, uh, trying to understand the chemistry and, and the actual emission sources that lead to the, the formation of the particles within our valleys. And as Dr. Red mentioned, it is different in each one of our valleys. Uh, in the Salt Lake Valley, uh, we have a, a larger proportion of kind of the, the traditional industrial sources. Of course, in, in Cache County, it's dominated by uh, the vehicle emissions as well as what we term area sources. So that's home heating, business heating, uh, commercial and consumer products, and agriculture is a piece of that as well. But, of course, there's no kind of large industrial smokestack industries there in in Cache County. Uh, In Utah County, it's also more similar to Cache County. It's dominated uh, predominantly by by vehicles. Again, not a lot of large industrial sources uh, remaining there in Utah County. And so it is uh, understanding the science behind it is one of the big roles of, uh, of government. And so the cause, of course, would lead you to solutions. What what is the state proposing? I know the the governor's probably, seen, you know, he's seen the protests. They've been directed at him. Um, I, I don't know. Is the state government the the appropriate the best level? Should it be counties? Should it be EPA? What where's the best level of government to address this? Uh, again, you'll find. Looking at that role of government, uh, the other two parts are the regulatory piece. And so under the Federal Clean Air Act, it gives the state authority to develop a state, you know, comprehensive state plans to address air pollution. And these are the state implementation plans that have been under develop, uh, development over the past three years to address our fine particulate matter uh, here in the valleys. The, the, the plan for Cash Valley has, has been uh, completed. The plans for Salt Lake and Utah counties uh, are, are still under development, identifying additional controls. And really the third role is kind of the the, the encouragement role. Uh, that is the, kind of the role that the, the governor's taken here uh, with the TravelWise program, 
pointing out that uh, this is not something that government alone can solve, that uh, giving people the proper information, giving them tools and information through the, uh, the again, the TravelWise program at uh, travelwise.utah.gov really uh, gives people the tools that they need to get out of their cars, uh, especially during these, these times when we're uh, facing the, the inversions, the, the meteorology that leads to our, our concentrations building up in the valleys. Uh, I notice uh, under uh, some of the state plans, uh, UDOT to traffic mobility improvements, getting the traffic to flow better. Yeah, correct. Uh, again, going back to what Dr. Red mentioned, uh, cars are getting cleaner, and actually how we move around is getting cleaner as well. As part of each transportation plan in each of these areas, air quality is a consideration in the development and the prioritization of, of how we spend our, our transportation dollars. And what we found is that uh, air quality improves as traffic flows, flows freely. And so, you know, looking at improvements to make sure that mobility is, is available, uh, but also uh, focusing on transit as well. You know, that as we get uh, more people out of cars onto transit, that certainly affects the flow of traffic as well as the emissions from the individual vehicles. I wonder, uh, back to this question of behavior modification, that uh, a lot of us and a critical mass of us are going to have to change our habits in order for this to improve. At least that's an assumption a lot of us have. and uh, we get to the question of uh, the role of government again. It's, isn't the government going to have to be involved in some form in regulation in making us change our behaviors? Some of us are just going to, uh, you know, bemoan the problem but not change our behaviors, right? Uh, correct. And some of those are already uh, kind of under development right now as well. Uh, of course, we have the wood-burning controls. And so during our, our inversion periods, we issue the the. the alert and action uh, requirements that, that, again, prohibit solid fuel burning during those times. Uh, the Air Quality Board has actually passed uh, you know, 19 new rules and, and other rules under development that look at, again, the underlying sources of the emissions, uh, focusing on a lot of uh, small business activities that really haven't been regulated in the past. So looking at the emissions of, of paints and solvents and things like that, and making sure that, again, that the inventory of emissions uh, is controlled to the point where, where even when we have inversions, we're not exceeding the federal health standards. You said the Cache County uh, SIP or State Implementation Plan is complete. What are some of the bullet points there? Uh, again, uh, focusing on transportation improvements uh, and emissions testing program is a part of that plan. And so the county council is, is working now to uh, develop that program for, for Cache County, and it is an important part. Uh, again, the majority of the emissions during our inversion periods uh, come from automobiles. And a good portion of those automobiles aren't operating as they should. And so really the value of an emissions testing program on a periodic basis is making sure that that car is operating as it was designed to operate so that we can get the, the emissions reductions or avoid kind of the, the really bad emissions problems that can come from a car that's not properly operating. What about the counties along the Wasatch Front? You said you're still working on that. What, what form might that plan or those plans take? Again, a number of those rules are already in place and, and will be rolling out and becoming effective during this, this calendar year. Uh, again, focusing on uh, on a lot of the, the small industrial sources uh, as well as the, the large uh, kind of smokestack industries as well. Uh, going through a process where, where we have engineers evaluating kind of each one on a case-by-case basis and making sure that the equipment that is installed there is uh, you know, the, the best available to control the emissions. Uh, also looking at changing the offsetting requirements, and that is uh, you know, kind of a, a 
cap and trade. You know, basically, we know that we can't have additional emissions into our valleys uh, without offsetting those emissions somewhere else. And so, looking at uh, kind of tightening those standards to make sure that if a industry expands, that there's a corresponding decrease either from their own operation or from another operation here in the valley, so that the net uh, increase is, is you know in the beneficial direction. So there's a, a net uh, emissions decrease from any project that comes into the valley. Uh, finally, Mr. Bird, I wonder if you could give us a glimmer of hope. I know a lot of us are frustrated that uh, no matter what we do on the government or personal level, the problem just keeps getting worse. Are there some best practices? Is the, is there a, a, a sort of a similar state or, or town out there that you could point to that, uh, that can give us some hope that they have significantly reduced their pollution? Uh, actually, the, the best example is uh, is our own example. Uh, people maybe don't trust their memory or don't trust their eyes as much as they should and forget that back in the 80s uh, on an inversion period like we had recently that the concentrations were as much as twice as high as they are today. And so the past planning efforts that we have and the, the improvements in the vehicle fleet, uh, additional restrictions on industry have resulted in, in even during our worst inversion conditions, we actually have better air quality that we, than we had in the past. And really, we, we are certain that uh, because of the scientific basis that we have for our new plans, that uh, in the future, as these plans fully become uh, you know, put into place here in our areas, that we will see that, uh, that trend continuing, even in the face of, of additional growth that uh, we're going to see a continual improvement in air quality. And uh, and when combined with, with other voluntary measures and kind of focusing on that transportation sector, that we'll, we'll see great improvements here as well. So you're, you're hopeful, even though we probably will continue to see population increase, right? Uh, yes. Uh, again, the, the plans we're developing require that, and uh, and we are confident that, that that they, that they will be effective at reducing those emissions. Uh, of course, we can't do anything about the inversions themselves. Uh, we will still have days where the, the, the emissions get trapped in the valleys, but that those concentrations will be lower in the future and uh, predominantly made up of, of fog and, and things that aren't as, as harmful. Um, but in the meantime, you know, we have to focus as well on, on that health messaging, that we do provide real-time information uh, in all the areas that are prone to inversions. And so people can go to our website at airquality.utah.gov and look at both a three-day forecast as well as uh, actual real-time information so that as they're making decisions about how to exercise, how to uh, protect themselves, that that information is there and available and also resources that can help them uh, make those choices with their, with their doctor. Bryce Bird is uh, director of the State Division of Air Quality. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, we're going to take another brief break. We'll be back with uh, Cache County Councilman Val Potter continuing this discussion on air quality. What are the best solutions? What's the role of government? We'll uh, focus on, of course, one of the worst counties for air pollution, unfortunately, uh, Cache County. Uh, coming up with the Val Potter, uh, the number is 1-800-826-1495, and you can email us at upraxis at gmail.com. Back to, after this break. Support for legislative programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our listeners and your local office of AARP Utah, a nonpartisan organization helping people 50 and over improve their lives through its advocacy for health care reform, Social Security, and consumer protection in Utah. Information is at aarp.org slash ut. 
Support also comes from the USU Credit Union, serving members with 24 local ATMs and more than 30,000 ATM access points across Utah and the U.S. through the Credit Union Co-op Network. Information is at usuccu.org. Support for Utah Public Radio is also provided by the Culinary Concepts in Cache Valley with catering services for graduation events, corporate events, class and family reunions, private parties, and weddings reaching to Bear Lake, Tremonton, Preston, and Park City. Menus available at culinaryconceptsonline.com. Thank you for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. This is the third in a recent series of programs on air quality. We have tapped into a grassroots uh, frustration on the problem. There's been, uh, there have been protests at the state capitol, contests, try to come up with ideas. We've talked uh, with a psychology professor about behavior modification, and we're talking with government officials today. We conclude the program with uh, Cache County Councilman uh, Val Potter. Of course, Cache County, unfortunately, features, has featured the worst air in the nation on occasion, and uh, all you have to do is drive out of the valley and back in. You can, you can just see it or just walk out on a, on a bad day. By the way, today is a red air alert day tomorrow as well in Cache County, even while uh, along the Wasatch Front uh, the inversions are clearing up, and it's, it's good forecast for today for, for the Wasatch Front. Um, and uh, Councilman Potter, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Thanks. Good to be here. So uh, my, my first question, uh, just a general question. I'm sure you, you're hearing from constituents, pro and con this issue, and uh, uh, with, with the general sense of frustration, I think, which we all share, of, of what can be done uh, for this. Uh, and, and the role, the, the question we've been asking is the role of government. What, what should the role of government in this be? Uh, that's a great question. The role of government. Um, some people, and, and you're right, I've gotten contacted by a lot of people. Um, many of them say the role of government should be very small and, and the, the responsibility lies with, with the individuals and with business. Um, I, I, government does have responsibility. Um, but it is uh, a responsibility that needs to be shared with uh, business. It does need to be shared with with individuals. We need to take take it more serious as a people. Uh, we get lots of people that complain about the air quality, yet on red air days that have extended for days on, upon days uh, earlier. I'm talking several weeks ago. Um, I uh, took a drive downtown, and I saw – again, I shouldn't have been doing that, but I saw cars everywhere. I saw all of the restaurants filled with people uh, out for lunch and uh, – I just think a lot of people don't get it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just uh, remembering, we, we used to have in Cache County uh, those signs up, those electronic signs that say, reduce your driving, you know, please don't drive. Um, and again, I, probably I was part of the problem. I'm in a line of <laughs> traffic. I'm seeing those signs. I feel guilty. Yeah. But, but, but we boy, still do it. But we still do it. Yeah. yeah so, so I guess government, in some of these cases, is going to have to step in with some with some regulation, right, to, to make us change. Yes, and, and therein uh, lies the problem. Uh, what to do? Uh, it, should the heavy hand of government come down and restrict uh, all aspects of people's lives? I say no, uh, but there has to be something that, that we do uh, together with the people of the of the valley and of the state to, to help um, work things out. 
Um, it's a really tough situation. Uh, I don't have the answer, but yes, government has some responsibility, but I'm not uh, one that's going to say government needs to regulate everything. We need to uh, stay home if your license plate is an odd number, uh, drive if it's an even number, uh, and regulate people that way. I I think we're coming down too heavy. I think we need to all pitch in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I guess there is this sense of frustration. Some people are really on board. You know, they'll, they'll bicycle to work and, and carpool, and but it seems like we haven't reached a critical mass, right? No, uh, but, and, and a lot of people feel bad about the situation right. but don't do much about it. I'll tell you, um, more people have come to me and, and said that I'm, I'm restricting their rights if I impose uh, vehicle emission testing. They've said I, I have no right to do that. Government has no right to step in and do that. Um, and then the, the comeback is... For a twenty or twenty-five dollar fee every other year, uh, eighty thousand cars in the valley—that's one point eight million dollars—that uh, will go towards uh, emissions testing, and it'll affect somewhere between um, one out of fifteen or one out of twenty cars will actually need some some work done. Um, the overall effect of emissions testing will amount to about, from the tests I've seen, approximately three percent improvement in the air quality, uh, which is a start. But is it worth one one point eight million dollars? Mm. And that's what I hear from a lot of people. Mm. And certainly, there are many that that say we have to do this. And I get the letters that say, you know, we as a council are killing people. We're responsible for deaths uh, for not doing this. Uh, so I see both sides of it, and, and I'm trying to make the best decisions with the council um, for Cache County. Mm. Now, the state implementation plan, as I understand it, for Cache County has been finalized, and, and it does include emission testing. It, it's not. Um, I, I've got it here. It's it's uh, we've we've got a rough draft at this point. We're still making some modifications. Our meeting last week, we made some changes that we're going to review in the meeting next Tuesday, and in that meeting, we uh, we have the option of of deciding to accept it or not. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that's going to go? Will we have emissions testing? Do you think? Um, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, the, the reason I, I hesitate by saying that is that the, the council uh, rejected it initially. We came back with our own sticker program uh, that was rejected by the state. So it, part of me is is uh, a little perplexed on the situation because the state, uh, along with the pressure from the EPA, has really dictated that we will come up with an emissions testing program. There is no if ands or buts, they're, they're dictating or mandating that it happen. And so that's what, what we're faced with right now is, is the, the state mandating it and us coming up with something that we feel good about while we still feel that it's something that we should have, have taken care of ourselves and done it our way rather than take full direction from the state. Hmm. Doing it your way, um, what form would that take, emissions testing? Well, we we came up with a a sticker program that would allow those that didn't want to drive their cars during uh, the yellow or red air days to, to, they could opt to not have their vehicles tested and not drive. Mm -hmm. They'd have a sticker to, if if they passed, they could drive. If they didn't, they wouldn't drive. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it an option of the people whether they want to uh, drive during the uh, yellow or red air days. Uh, The state said no way. They didn't like that. They wanted everybody to go through this program. So right now we're working through the details of whether it's a cars that are four years and older or six years and older. We're pushing for six years and older mm-hmm. would have to be inspected. So that's what we're we're trying to to get approved right now. Mm-hmm. If you just joined us, we're talking with the Cache County Councilman Val Potter, uh, and there's a. Uh, uh, 
being uh, finalized is the state implementation plan. And the state has mandated that Cass County will have an emissions testing program. The uh, county council will vote, uh, you said, Councilman, soon on, yeah, Tuesday. on, on Tuesday on what, what that uh, will look like. Uh, you're saying it, it looks like it'll be uh, cars older than four years or six years. One mm-hmm. objection that I've heard to uh, these kinds of emissions plans is that it hits poor people disproportionately. They tend to drive the older cars, and you have an expense on top of already stressed budget. I don't know if you're hearing some of those concerns. I sure am. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're saying you're you're a little skeptical, and you probably this view is shared by maybe some other councilmen that the three um, percent reduction in uh, in the emissions maybe not worth it with the one point eight million dollar price tag. Well, that's a concern. Um, you know, you look at cost versus benefit. Th- that's a lot of money to put into this program. Uh, not only the cost, but I see the the downtime, the, the time it takes to uh, schedule and get your car lined up in. I don't know how many uh, private organizations will do the testing and it will be done privately. There may be three, four, five, but that's uh, three, four or five organizations that are going to take on 80,000 cars uh, from Cache Valley. There will be waiting involved um, to get your, your car inspected. <clears throat> inspected. So that's a concern is is the downtime to get this done. And again, back to cost versus benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, for that kind of money, there are a lot of things we could do to affect pollution in the, in Cache Valley. And I think a lot of them could be even more effective than emissions testing. Mm. I'll follow up on that. We bring in uh, Logan City Councilman Herm Olson. Herm Olson, welcome back to the program. Thank you. And uh, let me just throw out the first question. We've been uh, Throwing the same question at all our officials today, there's a lot of frustration by a lot of people out there. I've been reading you're sharing this frustration about what should be done, what can be done. We're all sort of frustrated by the the air pollution. And I understand there's going to be a a, um, Logan City Air Quality Task Force? Yes. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, we're obviously uh, just part of the county and... uh, and don't have uh, countywide jurisdiction, but uh, there certainly are some things that Logan City needs to be doing and needs to be looking at to help solve uh, some of the problem. Even though you know we're not uh, the whole problem, we're we're half of it, and uh, we need to step up and do what we can too because uh, we really are talking about the health and the well-being of our citizens. And and uh, I, I do understand the notion of cost-benefit analysis, but at some point we've got to step up to the plate and say, enough, come on, let's do what has to be done. So you're, uh, you're I'm hearing you say you're in support of uh, emissions testing in Cache County. Well, I am. Uh, I I know that it has a limited benefit. Uh, That is, it's not going to solve our problem. Uh, But it's a step in solving the problem. And we can wring our hands and uh, uh, be frustrated at the limited improvements that can be made by various things. But we have to do the things that we can. We cannot change the geography of our county, but we can change the behavior uh, within the county of, of what we need to do to make perhaps baby steps of improvement, but, uh, but at least 
we need to take those steps that we can, and emissions testing is is uh, of value, limited value, albeit, but value, and it's just one of the tools that I think we need to plug in. I want to explore those tools. Uh, Val Potter, you made reference earlier to solutions that you uh, thought potential solutions might be effective. What what are some of those solutions? Uh, the state came out with... Um, I think it's the government and the legislative offices came out with a, a list of things that they can do for air quality. Uh, there are things that the state can and should do to step up. Um, I get concerned when they step in and, and try to uh, limit the um, economic situation, shut down factories and things like that. That that threat is, is always being talked about. Um, the dry cleaner places, the drive-ins, the, the factories that emit uh, pollution, but I think the the big thing uh, Herm hit on something there uh, about the uh, change of behavior. I, I I agree. the The problem I see is that the uh, the county, the majority of the county, is concerned about air quality, as am I. But they're not willing to change their behavior, and that's a that's a concern. Um, the last page of that, and I think you have it there mm-hmm. from yes. from the governor's office. Uh, what everyone can do to to improve air quality. Simple things, and 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 this is uh, also going back to a letter to the editor from yesterday. Um, this uh, Jane Nicholson, who I don't know, she made a statement: "If we want to improve our new reality of many winter days with dangerous, bad air, we will all be required to rethink some of our driving ha- habits." And I agree with that. So, uh, driving less, uh, telecommute if possible, uh, use public transportation. I don't think that's being used enough. Uh, don't don't idle you idle your vehicles, but also don't turn them off every thirty seconds. Turn them back on. I think that's wrong too, uh, because when you start them up, I think you you pollute more than just. Um, I think your rice bird saying, constant flow of traffic is the way to to cut things back. This keeping to the speed limit, uh, using snow blowers uh, during inversion days. Uh, energy-efficient appliances, conserve energy at home. There are so many things that we can do as a people, um, and I don't think that we're doing enough. But it, it, really the largest concern is is with the individual people, hmm. not, not government coming down and, and, and mandating that we, we do these things. Herm Olson, uh, maybe you could uh, respond to that what Val Potter just said. We, you know, there's a list of ideas uh, on the, from the from the governor's plan that uh, I think uh, would have a good effect. But uh, how do you get people to do that? And should government make people do those things? Well, uh, you know, obviously the ideal is that we're all good citizens. We're all concerned about our air quality, and we're all concerned about improving the health and safety of our. Uh, our suspect population, the children and the elderly, uh, uh, and yet uh, sometimes there's a component of, uh, what, laziness uh, in our behaviors. We, uh, I mean, I agree with everything Val said. Uh, use public transportation and uh, drive less often and, uh, and, and walk and ride a bike when you can and stuff. And and uh, public education, these are all crucial things. But when the day is done and and uh, the air quality indexes are not improving at all, then there are times when the government has to say, these are the minimum standards that we will require. 
it would be nice if we would all step up to the plate voluntarily. Nobody wants the heavy hand of government telling us what we have to do. But when our, literally, our lives are at risk and our behavior isn't changing, uh, then we do need to have uh, uh, imposition of minimum standards uh, applied to us. And I, I, uh, I don't know that we're, we're there yet. I think we, we really need to invest in public education, in uh, seeking voluntary uh, solutions to these kinds of problems uh, uh, before we we uh, begin mandating what the government requires people to do. Uh, but you know what? When when the uh, when this year is done and when the inversion season passes, hopefully within the next month, and we look back, uh, we're going to see a, a devastated landscape of of uh, health concerns that have we have just been through and we need to begin preparing now for the next season to say we've got to do better and if that requires uh, mandates then it requires mandates let's bring in a caller mary in north logan mary glad you called welcome to well the program. thank you i've been concerned about this for a very long time and you know we've talked about it every year every year every year and then, then it leaves, and then we don't think about it again. But, you know, last year, and how quickly we forget, we had the smoke from the fires. And that went on a very long time. And personally, myself, I went to the eye doctor thinking I had some serious health issue with one of my eyes. And he said, well, you know, it's the, fi- it's the smoke from the fires. And I was leery, but as soon as the first clearing of the air came with rain or snow, fine it disappeared but you know the, the science has been out there for a long time and when doctors are, are now starting to tell young people not to get pregnant during this time or the doctors are talking about the asthma or like dr red the heart and the stroke then i agree with her you know we've talked long enough about this i don't think we need to keep going for another five years and and when people aren't willing to do something about it then it's time that the government does do something, even if it's just emissions testing and nothing else. But the thing is, we get all upset over if some children have whooping cough and are dying or so many people died from the flu, and that's kind of a quick death. But we're all dying slowly with all of this garbage that's out out there. So my comment is, finally, let's do something. I'm not sure who does it, but let's just do something. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Appreciate that. Mary gets the last mm-hmm. word. We're we're out of time. Um, and uh, Val Potter, Cash County Council, the vote coming up on Tuesday. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Tom, good to be here. Herm Olson from Logan City Council. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, for producers, um, Denny Hayes and Addison Pace, I'm Tom Williams. Thanks for listening.